Hey guys, welcome to At The Movies. Y'all doing good? I'm joined out here with my wife Kim, or as you know her, Adina Menzel, or Adele Dazim, or whatever it is. How many of y'all watched that flub by John Travolta? That was so hilarious. Oh my gosh, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what I'm thinking right now. So anyway, uh, we are going to start this At The Movie series. Today we're looking at Frozen. Next week we're going to be looking at The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And then the week after that, we're going to be looking at the Hunger Games. So we're going to have a great lineup for At The Movies this season. And if this is your first time at one church or kind of the first time ever kind of figuring out what, what, why do we do stuff like this? Well, here's the thing. We believe that as Christ followers, as Christians, we're called to be in the culture, but not to be of the culture. And one of the things that we love doing is during the summer is we take a movie, a blockbuster movie, that everybody has seen. Quick, quick question. How many of y'all have seen Frozen? Let me see your hands. Really? Really? You've not seen Frozen? Oh my gosh. All right. How many of y'all have seen it more than like twice? Let me see your hands. All right. Five times. Keep them up. All right. Six. I'm going to start making fun of people, so put them down. All right. Cool. Anyway, but uh, we're going to have a great time with this movie, Frozen. The movie Frozen by Disney actually made $400 million in the United States. And get this it made $1.1 billion internationally. That's a B. That's crazy. And there's a lot of themes that we could take out of this movie today. Uh, The one thing that we're really going to land on is that God has given us all gifts and that we are called to use them. We're called to use them. We're called to use our gifts. And what's so cool about this movie, it's based loosely around Hans Christian Andersen's The Snow Queen. And the whole premise is this. There's two sisters, Anna and Elsa. Elsa is the older one. Anna is the younger one. And Elsa, she has a really cool gift. She has some powers. The powers that she has is to actually turn stuff into ice and the snow. And let's watch this. Thank <laughs> you. 
probably very familiar scene to most of us. We see what starts out as excitement and play and the sky's awake or the sun's awake, so I'm awake. My gosh, how many of us can say that, right? It's like, <laughs> woo, got a bad case of enthusiasm there, don't you, Anna? Um, but she's so excited to get up and to be with her sister and not only to be with Elsa, her wonderful sister, but to enjoy the gift that Elsa has. I mean, how many big sisters have that gift? I personally um, have lots of males in my life. Um, I uh, had a brother um, that was born into my family when I was 17. Up until that time, I was an only child. And now I have three sons and a husband. So I have no clue what it's like to have any sort of fun female to hang out with. So if you had a sister like that, that is so awesome. Uh, And if she could do that ice thing, whoa. Cool. But as we see them begin to play and have fun together, we see all this excitement and, and enthusiasm, and Anna just gets more and more into it. Elsa's trying to keep up, and then disaster. She's trying to use a gift. They're trying to have fun, and it doesn't quite go the way they want it to go. And maybe that's where some of you find yourselves here today. Maybe you have been gifted with a particular gift, but it hasn't gone so well for you. Maybe you are wonderful at compassion and encouragement. And maybe there are some people in your life that you've tried to encourage along the way, but they would just have none of it. They built a wall, they put their hand in your face, no thank you. Or maybe you have the gift of hospitality. Maybe you love having people in your home. You just love to cook and clean and have everybody over and let's have a great time. But people come and it gets more interpreted like, oh, well, she just wants to show off her furniture. So what you mean as something loving and giving turns into something completely different. Or perhaps you have another gift, a more visible gift. I'll be honest, part of the reason that Chris asked me to speak with him today is because this is an area where I often find myself. And this Sunday couldn't be a more perfect example of it. I was not supposed to sing on the set this morning. I sang last week. And usually we don't sing two weeks in a row. We rotate out because we have some wonderful people to serve. But Natalie, and if you're watching, I hope you feel better, um, is very sick. Got laryngitis this week and has been signing since Tuesday. I love you. So she called and she was like, oh, I don't have a voice and what are we going to do? And so I was like, uh, uh, okay, well, I was supposed to sing, but she had switched off with me. And so the plan was she was going to do the set and I was going to do let it go and then speak. Because I'll be honest, when I do a whole set and then I do a cover song and then I come out here and speak, what I'm afraid that you're going to say is that this looks like the Kim show. Because there have been times in the past where I have tried to use my gift And I've been accused of being a diva or being a show-off or trying to make people notice me. And so there have been times when I've tried to use my gift and it's been misunderstood. I have been misunderstood. Not only the gift that I have, but trying to use that gift has caused people to misunderstand me. Maybe your gift is generosity. Maybe, you have the, maybe you've been blessed with money and you just want to be able to give to organizations to help them accomplish their goals. Maybe that hasn't gone so well. Chris recently spoke to a lady who was looking for a place to give some money and, and she went to an organization and, and they spoke with her about what they would do with it. And basically they just stole their money. 
just stole it. And so she came to kind of looking for another place to be able to give, and she talked with Chris about the church and how we do things, and, and in the end, she made her decision about where to give. But maybe you find yourself in that place where you've got a gift and you've got a passion and you want to use it, but it doesn't quite turn out the way that you hope it will. We're going to take a look at another clip here, and you can either begin to use your gifts or you can start to hide them and conceal them. Let's take a look at what happens here. Wilson, what have you done? This is getting out of hand. It was an accident. I'm sorry, Yana. She's ice cold. I know where we have to go. Your Majesty. Born with the powers or cursed. Uh, born. And they're getting stronger. You are lucky it wasn't her heart. The heart is not so easily changed. But the head can be persuaded. Do what you must. I recommend we remove all magic, even memories of magic, to be safe. But don't worry, I leave the fun. She will be okay. But she won't remember I have powers? It's for the best. Listen to me, Elsa. Your power will only grow. There is beauty in it, but also great danger. You must learn to control it. Fear will be your enemy. No, we'll protect her. She can learn to control it, I'm sure. Until then, we'll lock the gates. We'll reduce the staff. We will limit her contact with people and keep her powers hidden from everyone. Including Anna. There's a lot in that clip, so let's break some of this stuff down. I love what the troll says. The heart is not so easily changed, but the head, it can be persuaded. The reason why I like that quote is so many times when I, when I speak with people who are struggling with faith, struggling with God, struggling with the Bible, one of the things that they always have is they have a lot of questions. And it, it seems to be a head issue. They, they have a trouble believing this and, hey, this is what they kind of heard about the Bible and it's kind of full of holes and can God, you know, is there really a God? And it starts out as head, but here's the thing. One of the things that I've seen that even though it may start out as a lot of head questions, really, ultimately, what they're having issue with is it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. In fact, this what's so cool about this. Do you know God never, ever turns away any questions? One of the things I love about the way we do church here is we have an environment that called Christianity 101 where you can just ask any question you want. Because we're not afraid of questions, and I don't think God is either. But really, ultimately, once you get all of your questions answered, it's still going to be a heart issue. What are you going to do? Who are you going to believe in? And one of the things that I've seen people who struggle with this is that many times they've been hurt, maybe by the church, maybe they've been hurt by somebody who called themselves a Christian, or maybe they're just disappointed in God. They thought God was going to do one thing, and God did something totally different, and ultimately, it's a heart issue. So what are you going to give your heart to? Also, I love what the troll says, wise advice with Elsa. He says this, there is beauty in your gift but also great danger because fear will be your enemy. When we fear, here's the thing, it keeps us frozen and we don't use our gifts. 
There is, think about the gifts that God is giving you. And here's the thing, everybody has a gift. Some people out there are saying, I don't have any gifts. And to be honest with you, I think that's bunk. It's false humility. God has made you a 10 at something. And here's the thing, whatever you're a 10 at, I think there's great beauty in that. Whatever gift God gives you, there's beauty in it. And you may not know how to deal with your gift yet. You may not know how to steward or kind of take care of your gift yet. Maybe it causes great pain because your gift is just so big. And here's one of the things. In fact, some of the biggest, more magnificent the gift, the, the more chance you have to hurt somebody with it or as you're learning how to use it. And the parents ultimately made an unbelievably bad choice. Anybody else agree with that? I mean, if you were a parent, I hope you don't tell your child, hey, you need to conceal, you don't need to feel. Eh. Right? I'm like, who are you? Right? In fact, it's no, I said this first service. I said I wasn't going to say it second service, but I'm going to do it. I'm kind of glad the parents died at the beginning, right? I'm like, really? I mean, that's some of the worst counsel you could give. They should have helped her learn how to use her gifts. They should have learned how to teach her how she could be a custodian of it. But yet they said, just hide it away. They were very short-sighted. And hear me, I get it. None of us want our kids to get hurt. We want to protect them or maybe sometimes even overprotect them. I mean, remember finding Nemo's dad, right? Right? Marlon? Marlon was telling Dory, I don't want anything to happen to my boy Fabio. Right? You remember that? Nemo, right? And Dory said, you know what? If nothing happens to little Fabio, it's going to be kind of boring. Right? Here's the thing. Sometimes we can overprotect ourselves out of being used by God. I'm going to say that one more time because y'all need to write that down. Sometimes we can overprotect ourselves out of being used by God because we've been hurt in the past and we just kind of keep people at arm's length and we don't want to use our gifts and our fear keeps us frozen. This is what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. He wrote this, a spiritual gift is given to who? Each of us. That means if you're a Christian, everybody gets a gift. Everybody gets a gift. Each of us, why does God give gifts? So that we can help each other. Some of y'all need a lot of help, right? That's the reason why the church is here. Really. All of us need help, and God has given us all of these gifts so that we can be able to help one another. God has given us gifts and talents. He's made you a 10 at something. Now, here's the thing. You may not know what you're a 10 at yet. You may need to discover that. We're going to talk about how to do that at the very end of today. But listen to what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5. I love this. Don't act thoughtlessly. That's what most of us do. We just kind of, kind of live life. But what's that next word? Try. You want to know how you can figure out what your gift is? It's by this. Try. Try to find out and do whatever the Lord wants you to do. In the Old Testament, some of you may have heard of Moses. Um, Moses was a little baby born during a time when Hebrew children were being killed um, because um, the Egyptians were ruling over the Israelites, and it was a very uh, a time with lots of war and, and just captivity and things going on. And so Moses gets uh, put in a basket and sent down the river, and the Pharaoh's daughter finds him and rescues him. And so he grows up in the culture outside of his Hebrew culture. He grows up in this Egyptian culture and sees, uh, sees his people in slavery, he has a very um, protected life. 
And through a series of events, Moses begins to kind of watch his people and question his existence. And, and then in an act of anger, he kills a man and ends up running away from everything that he has known into isolation and into um, just wandering around. And one day as he is out tending some sheep out in the middle of the desert, this bush is there and whoom, up it goes in flames. A voice calls out from the bush, hey, Moses. And Moses is like, who that? And so as he looks around, he says, hey, it's God. And Moses is like, what? And he says, yeah, I got something I want you to do for me. And Moses is like, what, what is happening here? And so God un- unveils his plan of how he has decided and how he has chosen Moses to bring the Israelites out of slavery. And he tells Moses this great plan. And Moses is just like, there is no way that I could possibly do that. And God's like, no, 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 really. I've got all this planned out. I've chosen you. You're my guy. Come on, let's go set my people free. And Moses is like, no, really, no, really, God, God, I, I, I am not that talented. I'm not that good. And, and, you know, God lets him go through his list of excuses and Moses comes back and, and God's just like, no, really, really, Moses, it's you. You're the one I've called. And Moses is like, well, God, you know, I, I'm, I'm not that strong. And God's like, I am. And God said, and Moses says, you know, I'm, God, I'm, I'm just not that confident. And God says, I am. And then Moses says, well, well, I, well, I stutter. And God says, I don't. And so right there, as God has called Moses forth, he instills in him a gift. He instills in him a passion and a calling. And Moses is just like, no, 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 no. And how many of us find ourselves in that place today? How many of us know that God has called us to do something? We know he's given us a passion. We know that he's given us a giftedness to do it. And we stand there and we go, no, 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 no. That is not honoring to him. He's the one who called you in the first place. Just trust him enough to do what he can do. He will blow your mind. He will. How many times did Moses ever stand around thinking, I'm going to throw down this stick and it's going to become a snake? Wow. He didn't. So we have to watch out because our fear can isolate us. It can set us apart. Let's watch this clip and see what happens here. The gloves will help. See? Conceal it. Don't feel it. Don't let it show. I'm scared. It's getting stronger. Getting upset only makes it worse. Calm down. No, don't touch me. Please. I don't want to hurt you. Elsa, please, I know you're in there. People are asking where you've been. They say I've courage, and I'm trying to. I'm right out here for you. Just let me in. We only have each other. It's just you and me. What are we gonna do? Do you wanna build a snowman?
emotions that are going on. And this brings us to our big idea today. Today's big idea is that fear keeps us frozen. And when it keeps us frozen, we don't use our gifts. When fear keeps us frozen, we don't use our gifts. Did you hear the two opposite extremes of the sisters? I mean, Anna is like, this is it. First time in forever, open up the gates. This is my day. I've been waiting for this. I'm coming out. I'm going to find true love. I'm going to see the sunshine. Woohoo, people. She is ready to go. Elsa, on the other hand, did you hear what she said? Not only conceal, don't feel, but put on a show so that no one will know. That's heartbreaking. But more often than not, with our gifts, that's how we find ourselves. It's very interesting, as we were doing some research for this, we found out that um, in the process of making the movie, of course, they do all the marketing and the toys and the things that they'll sell. And they got ready to, to make the dolls for this series. And they made like three times more of the Anna dolls than they did the Elsa dolls. Because they thought like, do you want to build a snowman was going to like take off and that was, Anna was going to be the favorite. Well, it turns out that Elsa is the one that most girls identify with. Turns out they they can see and they understand her fear and her isolation. So if you're hoping to get an Elsa doll anytime soon, sorry. You're going to have to switch over to the other sister because it's not going to happen. But the idea is that we're frozen when we're not able to use our gifts. Conceal, don't feel, put on a show. Excuse me, a show. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Listen to what Paul says. He wrote this to Timothy. Timothy is a young pastor in Ephesus. And he says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the gift that God gave you. Now let's look at this next part here um, because we're going to see what the opposite of fanning into flame. For God has not given you a spirit of what? Okay, we can do better than that. God has not given you a spirit of? He has not, notice that, he has not given you a spirit of fear. He's not given you a spirit of timidity. He's not made you timid or shy, but he has given you power and love and self-discipline. So if God has given you a gift 
And if there is something that you are passionate about, then do not wait around for it. You have got the ultimate source of power and love. When you plug into God's best for you, 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 you tap into um, endless possibility. And also the idea that when you ask God, how do you want me to serve? He gives you the self-discipline to be able to know and understand that gift and how it works in your life. You know, it's interesting that Paul, the, the older gentleman here, tells Timothy. In fact, if you wouldn't mind, put that verse up again. He, he tells Timothy what? I remind you. When you have to remind somebody, what does that tell you? That's right. They've forgotten that Timothy needed reminding. Paul was the older one here. Timothy was the younger one. And that Timothy was experiencing some fear by using the gifts that God had given him. Timothy was this young pastor, pastoring a, a church in Ephesus. In fact, in another part of this same letter, Paul tells Timothy, don't, look, don't let, allow anybody to look down upon you because you are young. And it's interesting that Timothy, this young person, and Paul, the older person, is trying to encourage him, I need to remind you to fan into flames. Use the gift that God has given you. Now, I want to, if you're writing stuff down, write this down. First thing. God has given you a gift for you to use. God has given you a gift for you to use. So what do you have right now that you're not using? What gift that you have that you're sitting on right now? The trolls wisely said, fear will be your enemy. This is so interesting. Let me say this. Fear is not of God. In fact, do you know one of the most often repeated commands that God gave people? When God or angels showed up, he said this, do not what? Do not fear. Exactly right. And the reason why God had to say that is because they were afraid. Here's the thing about this. God has given us all gifts and talents so that we can use them to help each other, and especially the church. That's why Paul is telling to Timothy, fan into flame. Make it grow bright and hot. Don't let it become frozen with fear. Use the gifts that God has given you so that you can be able to help one another. But sometimes when we use those gifts... We get misunderstood, and people perceive, oh, well, she's just all that, or he's just all that, or whatever. And, and let me say this. If you've ever been misunderstood, or if you've ever been hurt when you've used your gifts, listen to what God says to you today. Paul writes this in Romans chapter 11. He says this. God, what's that next word? I love never. Never in the Greek. You know what that means? It means never. Exactly right. God never changes his mind when he gives gifts or when he calls someone. I like that. God didn't make a mistake when he made you. God didn't make a mistake when he called you, when he gifted you. He doesn't change his mind and say, man, I sure wish I hadn't gave Chris those gifts. Or sure wish I hadn't given Kim those gifts. Or Megan those gifts. Or Kevin those gifts. No, God never changes his mind because he created you and he knows exactly, exactly what he called you for. He's very intentional. I, my children love Lego sets. How many of y'all love Lego sets? All right. Here's the reason why I don't like Lego sets. Number one, in the middle of the night when my kid leaves Lego sets on the ground, enough to make a preacher cuss when I step on them. I'm just saying, right? It's like, oh, I, I, we don't even have an alarm at our house. We just put Lego sets on the ground. Because, you know, if somebody comes in and breaks, or breaks in, they're going to leave, right? Here's the second thing about Lego sets. It's, it's kind of fun putting them together, but when you get those big Lego sets, you know, the sum assembly required, right? 
Right? I mean, here's the thing. I could put those sap-sucking things together, but openly and sadly, I'm going to have some parts left over. Right? What do I do with those parts? Those parts are, they're sadly alone and they're disconnected lying on the other side of the table. And I always feel bad for those parts. Right? I do. I mean, they have no role to play, uh, no chance to make the team. Right? They don't. And I always figured someone at the Lego factory kind of messed up and they just put in spare parts. This is not how God works. You are not spare parts. You're not. God was very intentional when he made you and when he knit you together in your mother's womb. He was. He is. He made you and he's called you for a purpose. Uh, There's a design that you are central in God's dream to make this world known and to make him known. We are, first of all, according to the Bible, we are called to know God. Secondly, we are to receive his love and mercy. We are to be his children. We are called to live in the reality that Jesus is being formed in us. And as a crucial part of God knowing you and calling you, you were given certain skills, talents, Gifts, longings, desires. To identify these with clarity, to develop them with skill, and to use them joyfully and humbly to serve God and to serve other people and to serve the church, that's the reason why you were created. We are called to steward, and that's kind of a churchy word, so let me kind of unpack that. Steward just means to be a custodian of. How many of y'all know what a custodian does? Custodian doesn't own the thing, but he makes sure he upkeeps the thing. He, he keeps it in check, right? And that's what we're called. Do you know you're a custodian of the gifts that God's given you? Do you know that, here, did you know that you're a custodian of your money? I mean, think about that. I mean, when you die, you don't get to take it with you, right? I mean, God has given it to you for a season, and we are to steward or custodian it. God wants us to use All of our gifts. And here's the irony about this. The people that Elsa was supposed to be isolated from so that she couldn't hurt, they end up getting hurt anyway. I mean, because she isolates herself. And as she runs and as she leaves, I mean, she freezes the fjord. And I think Elsa's parents gave some really bad advice when he's standing there with the trolls. In fact, I'm not the only one. How many of y'all know how it should have ended? Anybody ever seen those... Clips on YouTube? If not, buckle up. Watch this. Listen to me, Elsa. Your power will only grow. There is beauty in it, but also great danger. You must learn to control it. Fear will be your enemy. So you're saying we should lock her up alone in a castle until she's safe to be around? What? That's not what I said. That's a terrible idea. No. So you're saying we should teach her to be scared of herself? Are you even listening? I just said fear is her enemy. So you're saying 
to teach her to bundle all her feelings up till she gets this freedom complex and wait and see if she gets over this whole powers thing? Oh, wow. You guys are bad parents. No, I'm not saying to do any of those things. So you're saying... Stop saying so! Every time you say that, you say the wrong thing. Conceal, don't feel? Oh my gosh, the answer is love! Okay? Wow. Love thaws. Pure love heals. Whoa. <laughs> so, what you're saying is... Wow. Ever feel like that? Hmm. Um, so, the second idea we want to look at today is that when we choose not to use the gifts that God has given us, we still hurt others. Um, now, that may sound kind of funny because it's like, well, if I've isolated myself and I'm frozen in fear, then how can I possibly hurt others? But the idea is that when God has given you a calling, when God has given you a gift, and when he's given you a passion, he means for you to use it. It means that there are some people that he probably has set in the path before you that he has already gone ahead and thought, ooh, this is going to be good. And one day, so-and-so is going to come in contact with this person, and I'm just going to make some great things happen. And so when we don't use our gifts for him, not only do we isolate ourselves, but we hurt others because we're not using what God has given us. So we're going to take a look at one more clip this morning, and then we're going to finish that out. Excuse me. Your Majesty, if I may ease your... No, you may not, and I I think you should go. The party is over. Close the gates. Elsa, no, no, wait. Give me my glove. Elsa, please, please. I can't live like this anymore. Then leave. What did I ever do to you? Enough, Anna. No, why? Why do you shut me out? Why, why do you shut the world out? What are you so afraid of? I said enough! Sorcery. I knew there was something dubious going on here.
Are you all right? No. Did you know? No. Oh, look, it's snowing. It's snowing! The Queen has cursed this land! She must be stopped. You have to go after her. Wait, no! You! Is there sorcery in you, too? Are you a monster, too? No, no. I'm completely ordinary. That's right, she is. In the best way. My, my sister's not a monster. She nearly killed me! You slipped on ice. Her ice? It was an accident. She was scared. She didn't mean it. She didn't mean any of this. So the gift that Elsa has becomes public knowledge. And as she opens the door and heads outside, who's waiting for her? Everyone. She's prepared. She's, she's been through her coronation. She's now the queen. She has the title. She has the gifts. She has the authority. She walks outside and there are people ready and waiting for her, ready to see her, ready to see the queen, ready to see her lead. And instead, they see her in fear. They see her running and frozen and scared. They need what she has, but she is so frozen in fear that she can't use the gifts. And because of that, the entire kingdom is affected. That is the example of someone being hurt by gifts not being able to be used. I was sharing with you earlier some of the fear that I battle um, just in being in public view and um, being a pastor's wife and singing and all, this, all the things that I do tend to be kind of in front of people. And I would love to be able to tell you that I don't ever worry about that, but as I've mentioned before, I do. I started singing when I was five years old. And I was good at it. I wasn't just a little girl humming a little tune. I could sing. And so because I could sing, a lot of people asked me to sing. And I got attention for singing. And as you can well imagine, there were plenty of other little girls standing around waiting to say something very hurtful. And so as I continued to grow and as I continued to sing and be in front of people, the words got a little more hurtful each time they came along. And so rather than feeling like I could just stand up and just sing my heart out and just give it everything that I've got because of the gift that God has given me, I began to get worried that every time I was going to sing, somebody was going to say, well, she thinks she's all that. She thinks she's so special. She thinks she's better than the rest of us. And I will promise you that to this very day, I have never thought that, not once. But because I've used my gift, other people have perceived that and put that on me. But what I wanna say to you is, when God gives you a gift, do not be afraid to serve him in that gift. If he has called you to sing, you sing. If he has called you to serve, you serve. Think about some of the people that we admire the most in our lives, whether it be a teacher or a coach or maybe a band, a music star, an actor, whatever it may be. Think about those people that you admire. Think about those people that have a gift. 
Part of the reason that you notice them and part of the reason that you admire them is because they do what they do well. They do it with confidence. They don't just stand back and kind of go, well, hmm, I might. No, they get out there and they do it. Football players play. Doctors doctor, singers sing. Why are we so against one another inside of the place where we are supposed to have the biggest heart of service? If I'm, if I'm called to sing, let me sing and cheer me on. And if you're called to encourage, let me stand back and encourage you to go. If you're called to teach, then you teach on. Because when God gives us a gift and we use it for him, then we ultimately give him glory. He doesn't give it to us for our benefit. He gives it to us so that we share it with those that he brings in contact with and then right back to him. That's right. May you receive every bit of praise and glory and honor out of any word that I speak, out of anything that Chris says, out of any note that ever comes out of my mouth. May it be for your glory and your honor. That's right. That's right. You know, here's the thing about that. Is so many times when we look at people's gifts, we always admire people's gifts. And we say, I wish we had that gift. Let me tell you, God gives us all gifts. And here's the cool thing about this. They're all equal. Right? In fact, a great verse, we can't get to it today, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he describes the body of Christ and how some are hands, some are feet, some are elbows, some are knees, right? Uh, there's only one head. And anybody remember who that is? Jesus. Jesus is the head. He's the most important part. And the rest of us, whatever gifts that you're a 10 at, right, we're all on the same level. So just because I'm up on stage doesn't make me any better than anybody else because it doesn't. I tell you, I'm so grateful for the people who are off stage who are helping watching children today, who are working media and sound and lights and all this stuff because we couldn't do what we do if, we, if it wasn't for them. We're all in this together. That's what's called the church. Our last verse today says this. This is in 1 Peter. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Look at this. Look at the command here. Use them well. Why? So that you can make your name all great? No, no. Use them well because of what? To serve others. To serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak on, as my wife would say. Right? Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you will do, look at the result, will bring not you glory, but God glory through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So as we close today, my challenge, what gifts have God given you? And why come you're not using them? Is it because you're afraid? Is it because you were kind of misconstrued and misrepresented? You're frozen if you don't use your gifts. And Paul said, fan into flame the gifts that I have given you. Fan it into flame. So, As we close, my challenge to you is just very simply, start doing something. Start doing something. Start doing something. Start somewhere. God has made you a 10 at something. You may not know what you're a 10 at yet. And the only way you're going to be able to figure it out is by start doing something. All right? It's not rocket surgery, people. Right? You figure out, all right, if you teach and everybody falls asleep, then guess what? You're not a teacher. Right? Or have you ever met people, I think I can sing, and those people go on American Idol? And you're like, no, sir, they get voted off the island, right? Or maybe for you, if you're an encourager, imagine, imagine our church. 
Imagine a church here in Clarksville if everybody was using their gifts. Imagine, imagine if everyone in here said, you know what, I am good at encouraging. And you wrote encouraging notes to people. And because you wrote that encouraging note to that couple, that couple stayed together and stuck it out. And their marriage lasted because of you. Imagine. Imagine if you're a college student and you decided, you know what, I'm going to pour into another high school or a middle school student and I'm going to show them all the junk that I messed up in because I don't want them to repeat the mistakes that I did. Imagine if you used your gifts like that. Imagine if you're a 40-year-old woman and you partnered with a a 20-year-old woman who has a kid, and they're like, oh my gosh, what am I ever going to do? And you can say, you know what, this time she'll pass. Eventually, he or she will start sleeping. Imagine if you used your gifts. Imagine a big, burly army dude with tats back there in the children's ministry sitting crisscross applesauce, hanging out with a bunch of two-year-old boys whose dads are deployed. And right now, you're standing in the gap. You're being that dead to them. Imagine. Hear me. You don't have to have a Bible knowledge degree to do that. You just have to be present. Imagine that. So here's how we're going to close. For some of you, you're serving. Great. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask all of our pastors, all of our ministers, we're going to be down front. And as we're dismissed, I'm going to challenge you that if you're not serving anywhere, why not? Why not? And we're going to say, come down front. Meet someone. Talk to someone. We can show you your next step. So I'm going to ask Dave Thompson to come on out here. Dave's going to give us our announcements. And then all of our pastors are going to be down here. And as you leave, you have a choice to walk out. Or you have a choice to say, you know what? I'm willing to get up off the bench and I'm going to stop being frozen. Some of you need to be thawed, right? You need to fan into flame the gift that God has given you.